Let's talk to interesting people. Let's talk about the process of seeing things differently. Let's talk about the craft of molding truth and fiction together to arrive at something new and exciting. And let's have fun while doing it. Welcome to the True Fiction Podcast. Welcome to the True Fiction Podcast, the show that talks to talented, creative people and finds out the whys and hows of what they do. I'm your host, Patrick Boggs. Across the expanse of the internet is our co-host, Norbert Yates. How's it going tonight, Norbert? It's going all right. It's technical issues aside, it's going all right. Yeah, technical issues can be a pain, but I think, uh, I think they are thwarted. Our guest tonight is a very special person indeed. He has helped support the careers of hundreds of celebrities and is one of the main reasons I'm here in front of the mic today. True Fiction welcomes publicist Steve Joyner to the show. Steve, how's it going tonight? Good. Well, uh, Pat, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. It is bl- it's a blast to actually, you know, see you in in the flesh, even though that we're not in person. We no, no, no. It's 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 this is cool. I'm here with you and Wes and Norbert. This is awesome. Yeah, and absolutely. Before we start the interview, guys, I really wanted to do something, if if I may. I, I as you guys know, I don't do these interviews that much, but uh, I wanted to bring a couple things up uh, totally unrelated then we'll shoot in this interview okay sure um first off two days ago was my mother and father's anniversary they were married 1963 so happy anniversary in heaven mom and dad and then uh for your listeners i just wanted to uh bring up it's been a crazy week everyone um and the uh there's a good friend of mine he's a marine corps veteran i just wanted to say something about the 13 service people who were killed in Afghanistan. Absolutely. May their, may, may their memory never die. May they be inscribed in the book of life. And hopefully something like that ever happens again. With that being said, my name is Steve Joyner. I am a publicist from Los Angeles, California. I'm currently in Kansas City, Missouri, and I'm on True Fiction. Hell yeah, you are. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to get some truth out of you, Steve. And like I said earlier today... You know, we're friends. Mm-hmm. I, I do consider you a good friend of mine, Steve, and we talk quite a bit on the phone. But I'm yes. not, no, no punches being pulled tonight, okay? I'm going to ask the hard questions, all right? Okay, fine. You're ready, right? <laughs> I am ready. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the good cop then. <laughs> all right. Norbert's never the good cop. That's weird. This universe is, you know, I'm in space, so the universe is different. That's true. Nor, he is in, Steven Norbert's is in space. I'm in space. Yeah, everything is kind of it's kind of like the bizarro world on Seinfeld, you know. Everything's kind of it is. A bit weird. Oh, so, hey, I gotta tell you guys something really quick. You're gonna crack up. Wes, you're gonna love this. So earlier today I had to get out of the house. I went over to a shopping mall. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, kinda of, okay. Earlier I went over to a shopping mall and I went into a store called Dillard's. Do they have Dillard's in Indiana? I'm familiar with them. We've had a couple, I think, that I've seen. Okay, yeah, it's just like Macy's, Robson's Bay, and this is a department store. So I went in there, and and this time of year they're liquidating out all their summer stuff, so you get shirts really cheap, and you know. And I went in there looking around. I saw a shoplifter get apprehended, and I swear to God, I was so quick to run up to that guy and say, "Hey, look, when you're done with him, I got to talk to him." <laughs> so there's a show in Indiana. I got to book this guy out, but I, I didn't do it. But instinctively, instead of like watching a shoplifter, you know, I mean, it's always it's funny when out whenever anything like that happens. There's looky loos, you know, and there's always that one guy who's not a cop but likes to think he's a cop and wants to help, you know. Oh yeah. And I was thinking about you, Wes. I'm like, damn, there's a guest for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but as we know, the show's not on right now. But uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hoping to uh, get some new ideas together. Maybe produce a new show here shortly. Um, still well, kind of rattling around ideas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, for your listeners, when I first met uh, Patrick, I, I met Wes. I actually met the whole crew, and they had a show called the Theft Mart, Theft Mart Podcast, where uh, Wes and Pat, did you and Norbert work loss prevention? No, never. Um, well, Wes did. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah so I uh, and, uh, and met you doing that and uh, did a, yeah. used to work uh, asset protection with a couple friends and started a podcast on it. And I think we met through a Facebook forum. Um, you put yes. a, a post out there and I was like, no way is this real? And I uh, <laughs> called you and it's been awesome ever since. <laughs> And you we, remember the first some, guest I sent you, though? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was um, 
Well, I know there were two brothers. Scotty Schwartz too was one Scott. Of yeah, Scott Schwartz was a big Scotty. one. Wasn't what? Did I send you Jack? Wasn't Jack Jack Halloran? Did you talk to Jack yeah. Halloran? No, I never got to. You never did. Okay, I thought for sure because he was always my trial by fire. <laughs> I would always send that guy. No, no joke. I'd always send him to a show to test out how good or bad the show was. And he was a very, you know, interesting polarizing figure. No, I, I actually did a, uh, I, I moonlighted on the Theft Mart podcast one time and we actually got to talk to Larry Hankin, which was, oh, changed my yes. life, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, that guy is a brilliant, he's so brilliant. Awesome. And so funny. Awesome guest. Awesome interview. Are the three of you Facebook friends with Larry? We, yeah, we are. Uh-huh. I haven't Norbert kept up is, with him. Norbert, Norbert especially, you guys, you'd probably trip out. Larry's an artist, and he does some cool abstract yeah. stuff. He does drawings. I saw Norbert's uh, um, drafting table. That's what Larry does right there. He always puts cool stuff up. Larry's a trip. Yeah, he's a definite, and his theory and about art is even I, I thought was very illuminating. I mean, he's a he's a thinker. He's oh a thinker, God, even yeah. though he's funny and everything. He's a thinker. He's the last of the flower children, guys. I mean, he's a, no, he's an old, he's a true hippie. And yeah. how I met Larry Hankin was my friend Carl Gottlieb, the uh, screenwriter who wrote Jaws and The Jerk and did a million other great things. Him and Larry were roommates. I don't know if Larry talked about that when he was on the when he was on the show, but they were roommates in New York. And Larry wanted to be a stand-up comic, and then he fell into films. And it's weird, guys, because I'll see Larry in movies I totally forgot he was in. I'll be watching, like, uh, <laughs> what was it? Uh, Planes, Trays, and Automobile was on the other day, and there's Larry Hankin. He's yeah, Doobie the sure. cab driver. Yeah. Larry's been in everything. It's weird. So Yeah, I I, I think the world of the guy. You know, and, and actually, I bought it. I have a shirt that he designed. Uh, it was you can actually go to his site, um, and I, I wish I, could, I had it off the top. I, thought I think it's going. the real Larry Hankin. Oh, the real the real Larry Hankin dot com. Yes, and you can get his artwork on shirts and all kinds of stuff. And he's an amazing artist. Just and I just Stephen, we're gonna have to get him back on. We we want to talk to him and Carl at the same time because we think that would be yeah, a we, heck of a we, show. We, we could totally put that together. Their roommate days were amazing. It's funny. The guy has a, a website called The Real Larry Hankin, but if you remember, he was the fake Kramer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. So. Anyway, so yeah. yeah uh, he, go ahead. The thing that he said something very profound, and it was the idea if if you're going to do art, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look at it. You, if Why should I care? And so that's an idea that I think about a lot of times when I'm doing a piece. It's like, why would anybody want to look at this? And why should they invest their time in, in, in this if I'm not putting my best out? And so, I, I mean, of course, we've talked to a lot of creative people that's had a lot of good insights. But that's one of the ones that is still in that still run, bounces around my mind. Yeah. And have so you, it was great. Have you sold a piece, Norbert? Oh yeah. I've sold pieces. Yeah. Now what I do mostly is I do like, if you're a screenwriter, well, that's mm -hmm. one of the things I do. One of the things that a screenwriter I work with a lot in basically I do graphic novels to help pitch okay. to producers. And I, so that's what I really like to do. I like it's storytelling and it's, yeah. it's doing art. And so it, it involves uh, a lot of different creative muscles and I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Very cool. Do you storyboard stuff? Oh, I, I have, well, he does I mean, comic, but most of the time, like panels. I said, it, yeah. And it's, it's, I've, I've done a little bit of storyboarding, but mostly it's, it's in that kind of vein. It's so that afterwards, if you wanted to produce it and put it out somewhere, you could do that. I've, I've sold a few pieces, but that's not the main thing that I like to do. I like, no, 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 a, that's cool though. No, that's very cool. And, I, I didn't know if you actually ever did that. That's pretty cool. Remember, did I ever send you guys Joe Alves, a production designer? No. From Jaws. No, I'd love so to So there's a friend of mine, if you if you Google, his name is Joe Alves, A-L-V-E-S. And Joe is the production designer. He's the dude that built the shark with Greg Nicotero. And he he built the sets for Close Encounters, Escape from New York, like all this cool stuff. And this was before CGI when they would actually build a 25-foot shark or they'd build an airplane or they'd take an airplane. Like, just cool shit. I went up, I was at his house a few times. First time I ever went over there, he showed me these original sketches of Jaws. Wow. Like the, the original wow. shit from like 1974, they were drawing and the concept art. And I'm thinking it's, it was like looking at a religious <laughs> art. Of, it was awesome. <laughs> 
the fact these things are what 46 years old now and still you know there i thought that was awesome this is just one of the amazing people i've been blessed to know in my life and uh work with alves is one of them so yeah so you you've met tons of just amazing people you have hooked us up with some amazing people how did you get started as a publicist totally by accident guys what happened was I, uh, when I was a kid, I'm in my mid forties. When I was a child, I did a lot of acting, but it was nothing like Scotty. I never got, I never got like that. He, you know, he, he really took, he was a professional. I would do a lot of extra work. So I would pop up in periodic things here and there with one or two lines or, you know, they would have like a cattle call, a little blonde kid, a little black kid, a little redheaded kid, you know, who you'll take you, you and you, and you're like moving furniture basically. And then, um, I did a lot of theater stuff and then I, I just didn't pursue it like, like Scotty did and, and, and Oliver Robinson, a few other folks I know did. So, but I've had this force. I literally, it's, it's a, it's a redundant thing I say, but I've had this force gump type life where I've met a lot of great people. And about six years ago, roughly I had booked Carl and a couple other Joe was part of this. I had booked them on something uh, like an autograph show. And anyway, um, there was a guy in Boston that reached out to me, a Facebook friend. I didn't know who the hell he was. And he had a podcast network in Boston. And he says, I'd love to interview them. And I, I really didn't know what the hell a podcast was. He said, well, it's like a radio show. We got on the phone. He was explaining it to me. I said, well, I can't give you their numbers, but I can talk to them and ask them. So I called up Carl. I said, do you want to do an interview? And I told him, he said, yeah, sure. Ansby knows me. He had done these before, so it was no big deal. I had set up the interview and then the guy perused my Facebook page and seen me with like Bruce Stern, just random people I met in my life. And he wanted to interview like every famous person I ever knew. And I said, well, I'm an employee and I need a job. <laughs> so why don't you hire me? And I'll, I'll line it down. Oh, we don't have a budget. I said, fine. So what happened was it wasn't a stroke of genius. It was just an idea. I said to myself, well, I'm, I'm sure there's other podcasts out there, right? So I started running ads and I made a deal with a bunch of shows. Hey, Pat, I'll send you a Larry Hankin, but I also want to send you, you know, a Josh Christian Azali. Sure. <laughs> and that was the deal. And then there's there's people that, that that pay me to put them on various shows to promote their their acting, their film, their art, their uh well, you guys interviewed Hardy Hoffman, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Hardy puts me on there because he wants people to uh to to procure him for his uh, psychic services. So that's how I fell into it. There was no really big story. That was really it. It was a chance meeting on Facebook that led to today. That's interesting because you know you. It's surprising to me how many of the um, the actors and the artists that we've talked to have a similar story that they were doing yeah. one thing and something else totally popped up and that's what they ended up doing, which is uh, yeah. amazing. Like I said, Hankin wanted to be a stand-up comic and he ended up in a million movies. Yeah, and if you ever so, read yeah. any of his books, he's he's uh, hysterical. Anyway, he's just a funny guy. So. Well, Larry and Carl were part of a group called the committee and they were a uh, comic improv, uh, improv uh, group out of uh, San Francisco. And they were very cutting edge, very anti-establishment. I mean, they were straight hippies and they, this thing became huge, the committee. And there's a friend of mine named um, Sam Shaw up in San Francisco and he runs a Facebook page dedicated to the committee and oh, wow. he's hosted events and so on. And for their time, I know a lot of people from the 1960s who were in their in their prime and fame. Uh, Stan Livingston uh, from My Three Sons, who played Chip Douglas. And when you were on TV or films, well, mostly TV, you weren't really allowed. To, the writers didn't talk about the current social uh, um, atmosphere of things. So, like with My Three Sons, they never did an episode about like race relations or Vietnam or anything. That usually is like you know Ernie breaks a window and you know, Chip has <laughs> you know shit like that. So it kind of time capsule thing. So all God, I, I wasn't around in those days, but all I know is they would show a movie, excuse me, a TV show like my three sons and it'd be lighthearted. And then, you know, Walter Cronkite would come on and then, Hey, we're in Vietnam and the death tolls now. Da, da, da. And that was how TV was back then. Uh, for a long time, guys, TV shows wouldn't show a bathroom. You can show a toilet on TV. And if you guys go way back to like Leave it to Beaver and uh, Lucy, married couples slept in separate beds. Right. I mean, it was so weird, the censorship of things. I mean, now it's freaking insane. But back then they were very censored and it wasn't until uh, Norman Lear came along. And he's the one that all the family, I mean, really changed shit big time. And uh, 
brought more reality to TV. That to me, that was more reality TV because everybody knew a guy like Archie Buck. So yeah, yeah. it's just it was fun. You're the perfect person to try this. I, I I think about all the people that we've got a chance to talk to over the last year or so, mm-hmm. and I have this equation for success. Okay, effort times talent times opportunity equals success. You know, like obviously you can control or you can help facilitate the opportunities to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. But am I missing something on that? Or is there something that as you've been thinking through, you know, working with people, what leads someone to success now success could be, you know, now that's from a pure kind of a pure uh, size part of it. Now, some people can be successful in their creative field if they're just doing what they like to do and it's therapy for them. But I'm just, I'm talking about people that become professionals. Have you any thoughts on that? Well, getting deep. <laughs> now, it's, uh, no, no, no. I think success is measured differently. And, and and as far as like with actors, here's the funny thing about that. LA's got like 13 million people, right? Maybe about half a million actors, give or take. And only 2,500 of them work constantly. It's very competitive. I think a lot of it is timing. You're right, Norbert. A lot of it's timing. And for me personally, what I like to do is I always told myself years ago, I never thought I'd be doing this ever. I I said, I, like I just told you guys a little while ago, I didn't even know what the hell podcast was a few, right. a few years ago. I always said to myself, if I ever got into a position where I could help out an unknown or an underdog, I was going to do it. And with what, when, the, when the four of us were younger, actually Wes, maybe not you, but when the three <laughs> of us were younger, Pop. it was all terrestrial radio. It was all terrestrial radio. Remember that? I mean, you go from, let's say Indianapolis to Chicago and you're listening to a radio show, you're all towers. And then you, you have to scan all that. But now I could put someone on a program and they could, we, this, when this drops, we could probably be heard in someone in, by someone in India. I don't know. Absolutely. But success, I don't know. I mean, Norbert, that's a good, that's a very good question. What, you know, I think it's all measured on, on the person and individual. And that's, I, I can't, I'm stumped on that one. I think what he's missing in the equation myself is the, the luck aspect because you try and try and luck try. Luck is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Luck's a big thing. I've, I've, I've sat in a bar and, and listened to people play music and said, what in the hell is this guy doing in this dive? He's one of the most amazing players I've ever heard. And it's, it's, it's luck of the draw. It's also, it's also what you do with your talent. Talent is one of the biggest properties that people waste. Yes, I agree. And, and, and um, with, with, with music, I'm glad you brought that up, guys. Uh, Wes, um, Patrick, I'll hear musicians in bars and, and nightclubs and they're phenomenal. They're better than the shit on the radio. They're in Kansas City, not in LA. They're not in New York. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You're right. Yeah. It has to be luck and time and, and location. Well, I know what it is about Kansas City. It's the barbecue. It brings all the musicians, <laughs> man. Musicians love good barbecue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't really explored that yet, though. Uh-huh. I've only been here a couple months. Well, there's there's a an actual term of Kansas City barbecue. Like there's, yeah. I think it's Texas and then North Carolina and sure. there's like two or three other real famous, I, I don't know if it's well, Memphis. Our, our I think it may Steve, be Memphis. Steve, Steve Phillips out of Atlanta. I'm sure Georgia's got their uh, barbecue thing. I'm half Jewish, so I'm not really a pork guy, but I, I do. Uh, no, <laughs> I was thinking I, about I, that. I, I, yeah, <laughs> you're thinking about that. Were you? No, 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 I, I haven't. The thing is, since I've been here, I, I went to one barbecue joint. It wasn't life-changing. I grew up on Mexican food, things like that. So I'm kind of, yeah. But um, it's it's a debate here. Like, they're like you know, I talk to locals. They're like, well, there's three good places, and this place is better than that. And so I don't know. I, I, I kind of eat to survive these days. I don't really <laughs> pleasure in it like I used to. And there's certain things. And I was really never a big barbecue guy to begin with, you know? Yeah, my brother hated sweet meats. He'd always say, no, give me that sweet meat. <laughs> Talking about uh, locations, you've probably seen, you know, from being in L.A. and being in Kansas City. Yeah. I remember, you know, when we first met, thinking about what a great idea that you've you've got, you know, working with these podcasters all over the U.S. And a lot of these podcasters sometimes, like ourselves, aren't in, you know, what we would consider media hubs of the U.S. 
have you noticed a big shift in entertainment? You know, in the- yeah, I have. They do a lot of filming in Atlanta, Georgia now, and Texas, believe it or not. When I was a child, Los Angeles was the mecca. You know, that's where Universal, Paramount. I mean, that was that was it. the The old thing. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm surprised Hankin didn't tell you this, or maybe he did. Um, if you wanted to be in TV and movies, you went to LA. If you wanted to be theater, New York. That's kind of how it was. But the thing is, like, I'm sure you guys have watched or know about the walking dead TV show. I am probably the only guy that doesn't watch that show. <laughs> That's all filmed in Georgia. They could never film that in LA due to the, the cost of things and there's tax credits and there's all sorts of things. Incidentally, you guys being in, in Indiana, one of my, one of my favorite movies was filmed in Indiana. Hoosiers. Hoosiers. No. Do you guys remember the movie breaking away? Absolutely. Fuck. Oh, I, love yeah. I love that. Movie. Excuse <laughs> me, Curse. That's fine. Filmed right down the road in Bloomington, Indiana. I, I, Wes, have you seen Breaking Away? Yeah, I have actually. I, um, we watched it in high school. State law. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that movie was so, guys, I, I used to watch that movie when I was a kid. And years later, I met Jackie Earl Haley, who, uh, the shortest one out of them. I never met Daniel right. Stern or, or the other guys. Uh, Dennis Christopher, I know his, his PR person. There's a friend of mine. Did you interview John Hancock? Yes, absolutely. Amazing guy. Hey, yeah. John directed a movie in 1979 right after Breaking Away or, or thereabouts, and it was called California Dreaming. Sure. Dennis Christopher, the main character of Breaking Away, the guy who pretended to be Italian, he was in that. When I would watch Breaking Away, I actually wanted to go to Indiana as a kid because <laughs> the rock the rock quarries, man, I thought that was the coolest shit ever. I, I, it, was that real? Did people really do that? Like I, go swimming in old... Or is oh, that yeah. All, what, what? yeah. I'm sure that in happens. swimming pits? I mean, and, uh, strip pits? Yeah. Strip pits. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then uh, just I work in Bloomington now and uh, driving yeah. through the certain roads, there's a... Uh, you can see where the rock was cut out of the side of the road and kind of dug into hills and it's Tons beautiful. Tons of bedrock in there. Yeah. yeah. And the, it's beautiful actually down there. And so they would fill up with water. Like that was all real what they did. Yeah. See, I, I thought that was, mm-hmm. and what I love about that movie too was besides, you know, the location was awesome, but also the fact that, you know, they were four, you know, they were cutters. There were four guys and there was a call and I, I get it's a college town obviously. Mm-hmm. And it was a good, it was a good underdog story. I, for those of your listeners who've never seen breaking away, go see breaking away. I mean, it, the movie's well over 40 years old now, but it was just so damn good. But that's what I first saw about Indiana before Hoosiers even was breaking away. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And that movie it, uh, actually has a stellar cast too, which uh, mm-hmm. young performers who at the time, nobody knew. I don't think anybody knew any of those people. So I think it's no, a- Jackie, Jackie Earl Haley was the only one that people probably really knew. And he was in the break, uh, the um, bad news bear films, if you guys remember, but yep. yeah, for the most part, I don't think Daniel Stern, Dennis Quaid, I don't, was he really even known then? I don't know, but it was a very obscure cast. Yeah. The Dennis Christopher was that Chris was his name. Christopher. Dennis Christopher was the main character, Dave, who thought he was Italian, you know. Yeah, I used to, I knew him from uh, from an and I don't know if it was before or after, but he was in a, a horror show, horror movie a long time ago called Fade to Black, which I really Fade enjoyed. Fade to Black, yeah, that was that was 1981. That came out a couple years later. Uh, Creepy movie, oh, really spooky movie. Great, great Hollywood Hollywood film too. You know, all yeah. about Hollywood. Yeah. So I love that. Thinking about you know, you obviously have a love of film. And so you've gotten involved with actors and stuff. What is like what you do now? What is the most satisfying part of what you do as you're like, is it working with somebody and seeing them start to, to succeed? Start to, what, what is the thing that really goes, man, I love, love what I'm doing now. Seeing someone really flourish, really flourish. Like um, what's a good, did you guys interview Mark Morales by any chance? He's next week, actually. Okay, Morales, there's a good example right there. Morales is 50 years old. He's from New York. He lives in in, in um, Texas, and he's doing his first movie, a horror movie. Shauna Toft, I mean, that was tough. We got that one done. But <laughs> people who, like, like, okay, like I said, you interview someone like Larry, who has got a resume a mile long, and then you guys interview someone like Shauna or, or, or Mark or, you know, Liz Priestley. Not really. Not Liz Priestley, yes. Fairly new. And then then for me, Norbert, uh, you're seeing them get excited. I have people that, you know, I'll tell you something that not, not everybody knows. Every time I send someone I interview, they always call me afterwards. 
oh my God, that was great. Or, oh my God, that sucked. Oh my God, I said this, right? I always get a return call right after. But seeing them kind of like take off and saying, and then years later, I'll be able to say, God, I worked with Liz after her first movie and now she's winning an Oscar. That sort of stuff is cool. So yeah, it's seeing it's seeing the people who are lesser known grow and, and not just popularity, but get acknowledgement for their work because every artist wants to have acknowledgement for their work. And also too, I do a lot of cross promotion. I put, I, Pat, you've gone on shows. I put, I've dropped you sure. on shows to be interviewed. Seeing the podcast take off, you know, seeing, oh my God, we, we, we have 5,000 listeners and we just started out, you know, that shit's cool. So yeah, that's the most fun part of the whole thing. Obviously when you, you, you know, that you've seen people, flourish what is the easiest part of what you do and what is the hardest part i mean i just being involved with creatives on different levels myself yeah Uh i know the personalities can be a little bit uh temperamental let's just say at times yes Yes. (laughs) um the hardest part is dealing with egos what i've learned this is gonna sound really weird the older more established cats don't have egos and people who are very green. Some of them do have egos. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. People like, sorry, I had to shut a window. People who are like, you know, who've been around 40 years and, and Carl, Carl's a very humble guy in it. But then there, I've dealt with some people who, who just, they had huge egos. Pat, you and I dealt with someone with a huge ego not too long ago. I'll tell you off the air. Okay. But anyway, every, everything's copacetic with this person, but still. And that's the hardest part. And and when they're paying you, you kind of have to take it. You know? right. But also, right. and you know what? Also, there are podcast guys that, that think they're Joe Rogan incarnate. I had said, it. it's good to be proud of yourself. But to be a, to be a blatant ass is a whole different thing. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the worst part, Norbert. That's the worst part. Okay, I get it, Stephen. I'll quit being an ass. <laughs> no, 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 guys, guys. I have at okay. No, like I'll give you an example. Know. I've run ad, I've run ads where it's like, hey, I send people to shows, et cetera, et cetera. Some guy messaged. This happened the other day. Some guy messaged me, and he's in Los Angeles. I'm not going to do anything with this person. He's like, send me a list of who you got, then I'll call you. I was like, well. Fuck you, man. I'm offering to help you. And, <laughs> it's not no, how it and, works. And my, my, response, my response is if I sent you a list, it's going to read like a phone book. So yeah. So it, it's really dealing with major egos that, that drive me nuts. But that's the worst part. The best part for me, the funnest part, is Pat will tell you and Wes that I'll be like, hey, Pat, I'll call Pat up, right? Hold on a minute. And then I'll merge him in with somebody out of the blue. And I'll do it on per- Norbert and, 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 and Wes. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw him off sometimes. You've been oh, on yeah. the receiving end. Oh, Pat, this is like, who's who's a good example, Pat? I've done that. Too. Was it? You just it did it with a guy or? the other day, Michael Myers. I And I had to ask you the other day. Yeah. Just, I'm going to be real honest. <laughs> I had to ask you the other day, what does this guy do? And then, but I, you know, I sold myself. You got to, you know, Stephen, that's one thing I learned is when I'm on the phone with you and I'm talking to somebody, we got something with True Fiction and I got to sell that a little bit to these people because I, I think, yeah. uh, you know, we do a pretty good job. And, uh, I can't wait to talk to that guy. I think he's going to be a great conversation. But I think I've I think I've ambushed you on a call with like some <laughs> old celebrity. No, wasn't there one time I, I threw you on with somebody? You're like, holy shit! I can't believe I'm talking. I've done that. Before. Oh, you've done that I, a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, hold on a minute. You know, but um, but it's fun to see. For me, putting things together is the funnest part. To put someone like Bruce Valanche. I don't know if you've interviewed Bruce yet. Sure mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. Five years ago, guys. Did you ever think you'd have Bruce Lynch on a talk show? No. I mean, that, no. that shit is no. cool. That's fun. Yeah, it was, uh, and that was that was craziness. And so was, you know, here's the thing. Here's the other thing, too, about that, Stephen. I wanted to say that it just kind of blows me away. I always have to look at Ted Lange because when I talked to him, I thought, what am I going to talk to him about? And now I know more about Ted Lange after we talked to him. Yeah. I could spend... Two hours easy talk to Ted Lanch. He's one of the most interesting people and one of the most inspiring uh, actors I've ever heard. He's, you know, he's still so valid and 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 important to to theater right now. And very thoughtful. Ever, yeah. yeah. Did you and 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 now for the rest of your lives, whenever you're at home or you know with your your lady or whatever, and the love boat comes on, you'd be like, hey, I inter- I interviewed that guy yeah. one time. I spoke to that guy. I know that guy. That's a cool feeling. You never look at them the same way again. Absolutely. 
There, yeah. next time every every December for the rest of your lives, when the Christmas Story movie comes on, you'd be like, you know, we interviewed that kid. <laughs> He's in his fifties now. I mean, that, that's right. that's cool. That's to me, that's cool. It's you get the you get the fan out, ask questions, and then learn about who they are. And then after you you you, you cut the tape and put it out, like shit, I now know them differently, and now we're Facebook friends, and now we're you know that stuff's cool right there. Yeah, absolutely. my last name fits me. <laughs> Joiner. Yep. That's have right. you had Have you had somebody that you were in awe of that you was dealing with and you was, it took you a while to, you know, like get past that or is, have you seen behind the curtain enough that it, nobody really phases you? Yeah. Pat Boggs. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, you mean like, did I meet somebody and it took me back? Like, it, or yeah. Or just anybody that you was dealing with that you went, Oh, this is whoever. And, and I, it was no, somebody that resonated with, with you and you went, Oh, or, you know, being, since you grew up in acting that maybe that's not really a big a thing for you. Did you ever get fan struck? No, basically? Oh, no, no, I do. No, I've gotten fan struck guys. No, no, I have. Norbert, it's interesting you mentioned that. So Carl Gottlieb, when I first met Carl, Jaws is literally my favorite movie of all time. Matter of fact, Oh, I got earth behind me. Sorry. I got the damn thing behind me. I've got, <laughs> I'm, I'm staring at a poster right now, but when I first met Carl guys, I was tripping out on the phone. He was very short. He didn't do a lot of talking. My late, my brother, my brother Bob died in uh, January of 2020. And Jaws was his favorite movie. And that's what got me hooked on Jaws. I've seen that movie a million times. I can quote it. I love it. I, I belong to Facebook groups. I, I never got a chance to tell my brother. My brother was dealing with his own demons. And then subsequently, that's what led to his death. And he, he, he lived in San Bernardino. I didn't see him that much. And Bob had a troubled life. He's in a better place now. But I never, Carl was one person at first I was taken back with. Now, I know, you know, the audience may have to Google him and understand who he is, but this guy wrote The Jerk, man. I mean, I mean, this guy wrote my favorite movies growing up. So that, yeah, at first I was a little starstruck. And then, yeah, uh, Norbert, I was like, uh, uh, I was kind of stumbling a little bit. Um, there's a couple people that were, Dreyfus was that way when I first met him. That kind of tripped me out. But you kind of have to contain it a little bit. Oddly enough, you think like the bigger names and all that. Um, about a month ago, I got starstruck. I went to a, um, there's a friend of mine named Lisa Wilcox. She was in the Nightmare on Elm Street. Did you sure. guys ever have her? No, she's on the list. Okay, okay. well, Lisa, Lisa was in Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5. Beautiful woman. Absolutely. And she was in, she was, her and uh, Dee Wallace and uh, my friend C.J. Graham, who played Jason Voorhees in one of the Friday 13th films. Friday, they were all in six. Kansas City. Yeah, did, was he on? Yeah, yep. we had, he was a great guy. Okay, C.J., see, I, I get Alzheimer's. We, we did so much together. <laughs> well, they were all in Kansas City, and there was a Crypticon. It was like a horror convention. And I called Lisa. I'm like, can you get me on the world call? She's like, yeah, I'll get you on the list. Just come up here. And I, so I went down there, and I had to go see D. Walls and Lisa and C.J. Well, my brother had a big impact on everything I liked. Jaws, music, you name it. I was a huge fan of Black Sabbath. Oh, and yeah. Benny Apiece was there. And that's Dio's... I mean, I got, I actually fanned out on Benny Apiece. Because <laughs> you got to remember, I grew up listening to... That was the soundtrack of me. So yeah, I, I do get that way every now and then. I'll have my moments where I'll be like, holy shit. Or I'll be on the phone with them like, oh my God. And then, this sounds funny, I'll have moments where I'm on the phone with them and I forget for a minute and it's like, and then they're talking and they, that to them, it's, you know, it's nothing, right? Like they'll be telling a story and there was one old actor, I won't say his name, uh, but he's telling me about Steve McQueen working with Steve McQueen, in the getaway. And he's like, yeah. And I'm thinking it's time about Steve. It's just weird guys. It, to me, I can kind of trip back, but yeah, I, I contain it, but I, I do nerd out. I mean, now I'm a fan, you know? There were well, I was just gonna ask you, Stephen. I think that uh, maybe do you have any stories of uh, of uh, any any people that were a little bit different when you met them? Like maybe older gentlemen, maybe oh the 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 the, the, old, the old don't meet your hero stories. Is that yeah, it? there you go. Yeah. <laughs> all right, real quick. All right, I'll answer that. But Norbert, you were about to ask something, weren't you? Well, I was gonna. I had a like a two part question, or it might have been just one. But all right, let, um, let me answer that. Then I'll get to the my my. Okay, so here's 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 what my question was going to be. My question huh? is obviously when you're dealing with creatives, tend to be. Unless you're a performer, you tend to be a little bit more um, in, in, well, eccentric and can be a little introverted, depending yeah. on, the, on the field. So 
Number one, obviously your experience in the opportunity side of the business and what would be like the first advice other than contacting yourself in terms of people wanting to get into either showbiz or creative fields and becoming a professional? Do it for all the right reasons. If you, if you want to become a millionaire and marry a hot blonde with fake boobs, become a plastic surgeon. Don't become an actor. <laughs> Do it for the right reasons. It, be confident in who you are as a person before you go out there and try to be something else. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people, stand-up comics are the worst. You know, Robin Williams, God rest his soul, was a very depressed person. I never met him. But you got to know who you are and what you want and do it for all the right reasons. You know, don't do it because you want admiration and love from a bunch of strangers you're never going to meet. To me, I tell people all the time, you know, if you have a good marriage and kids, you've already succeeded in life. Or if you have a good, you know what I'm saying? If you're content with your own life, you've already made it. The other, sure. the other stuff's just gravy, if that makes sense. Well, I, I agree 100%. Like, don't do it because, like, there's an empty hole in you. It's like, oh, my God, I got to be known by these many people or else I'm not fulfilled. Know who you are. Have confidence. But don't go in it if you're just looking to get mass attention and shit, you know? Okay, so let's let's say for uh, – this is the second part of my question because I thought okay. you might be along those lines. So let's say you're, you are a true and passionate artist through and through. And you're like Ted Langen, you're just going to go out there. What's mm-hmm. the next step that you think about and you say, okay, if I'm advising you, this is the sort of things that I would like for you to think about. Um, it's, it's, it's a very horrible business. <laughs> so you gotta be, you got to be careful of the scammers. You got to be careful of the, of the, it, it's marketing yourself. Everybody that goes on these shows is marketing themselves. I am right now. Kind of, I guess you have to market yourself, but it's, it's tough. You know, I mean, yeah, you, you have to be passionate about what you do and hopefully the right people see it. And these are people you do business with. I work with over 327 podcasts and it took me going through 400 plus to get to there, if that makes sense. Wow. One thing I want to bring up about what you, you said, you said you're marketing, but you're also, you're doing it. You're sincere about it. You don't have uh, motives that are uh, untowards to the, the your clients. You're truly out there to help your clients. I mean, that's and I'm just saying that because that's what I've seen. But and and it's a gamble, you know. I mean, I tell them I'm like, look, I don't know what's going to happen. People want a fast track to success. We all do. We're human beings. I think it's a struggle that that make us who we are, though. I, it's the shit times that really define who we are. One of my favorite clients and friends is Kennedy Phillips. There's a guy, and, and, and uh, Norbert and Wes, do you remember Kennedy? Do you guys remember Kennedy? Yes. Um, I remember uh, we had him slated, but couldn't ever get it to work out to come on the podcast. Oh, okay. But he was a... I thought he was on the show. I do want to get him on the show. Kennedy is a, is a voiceover artist, and he's done amazing stuff. He's also an animator. Oh, wow. Smartest, 30, th- smartest 33-year-old kid I ever met in my life. I mean, this guy is sharp as a tech. Comes from a very wealthy family. Wouldn't take a dime from his parents. Did all on his own. Self-finance is all of a shit. Wow. wow. Very impressive guy. And knows how to take defeat and keep going. Kenny's a great dude. That's an awesome example. You know, I think about a lot of people that we've talked to, and it's taken the majority of them that have had success. It mm-hmm. takes a while. And if, if you're not going to, if you're not willing to pursue it and pursue it and, and put effort into it. And regardless, if you're doing any sort of creative uh, field anyway, you need to invest in your craft. If you're going to come out of the gate really good, num- number one, those people are one in a million. And number two, they tend to flame out. And, it, and it's kind of sad too. Like, um, I won't name names, but there are child actors who are adults now. I'm not saying Scotty, I'm saying other people. Sure. Who, who had the world at 10 years old, cute little kids. And there's one in particular I'm thinking of who I was actually on a film with. And he's alive, but when he got when he had puberty and his voice changed and he grew facial hair, well, you're not a bankable commodity anymore. And then they turn to drugs, and that's when the, the gutter slide gets them and they exploit the dread. Yeah. That's one thing I try to be very careful of with podcasts. I never want to be an exploitation person. I won't do any business with a podcast that says, oh, oh, let's talk about this. You know, I mean, and there's certain people, guys, that I know that I will never put on a podcast for that mere reason alone. Um, 
Robert Shapiro. I know Robert Shapiro. I'll never put him on a podcast because they're going to ask him about one thing and one thing only. Sure. Not his other things, not legal Zoom, not his charitable things. Well, you represented somebody one time. Um, I know Judy Jacqueline uh, John Belushi's widow. I'll never put Judy on a program because, well, they're going to talk about her dead husband. You know I mean? Sure. I don't, I try to stay away. And there's there's podcasts that I, that I talk to and think, okay, I'm going to send them somebody and so on. And I can hear, they tell on themselves, oh, we want to ask about this because that'd be cool and that'd be funny and let's make a joke about, no, no, don't do that. That's exploitive right there. So I don't like the the the, the blatant exploitive people. The autograph shows like Comic-Cons, like the one I went to, I don't mess with those. I, I booked a couple of them, but a lot of those people that run them are horrible people because <laughs> they'll get, and I've seen them get like a 90-year-old man and like wheel him to a table and say, just sign, sign, sign. They're making money off of that poor person. Yeah, you know I mean, but, yeah, you know, I've seen that sort of stuff, and that is super sad to see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Ed Asner just died a couple of days ago, and Ed, right. Ed was in his nineties. I mean, the dude worked. Uh, I I'm getting Alzheimer's again. Uh, Pat, did you ever interview Sam Quassum? No. Mm-mm. There's a friend of mine named Sam Quassum, and Sam was the voice of Donald Duck, and he's a little quacker. Wow. Anyway, he uh, he was on Lou Grant. He knew Ed for years. And he says, and I talked to him the other day, he's all, oh, God, I hope TMZ doesn't put some cryptic shit out there like, oh, he had Alzheimer's and he uh, drank or, you know. I had a dealing with TMZ a co- about a month and a half ago. An, an artist I knew had some misfortune fall upon him. I won't say his name or what happened, but sure. TMZ called. And this son of a bitch, I'm sorry to cuss, man, but this guy was was just sleazy. And he, oh, he wanted to hear sordid details about shit that didn't happen. And so I, I didn't even talk to the guy, but so it, it's not always fun. <laughs> Let's put it that way. The sure. exploited, the exploited people. We have to be kind of protective of, uh, of your clients. I would imagine. Yeah. And, and I get nervous too, when they go on the show, because I don't know what they're going to say. I always told them guys, I'm like, look, let's not talk about religion. Let's not talk about politics. Right. Let's not push some little agenda that you got. And some of them, for the most part, they're good. But some of them get a little passionate. There's an older gentleman I knew who loves to get political. And I'm like, don't do that, please. You're gonna, you're, the true fiction's audience doesn't need to hear who you voted for and why you voted for and so on. They want to hear about you and your career and your work, not, you know, some. And I always tell the artists, too, like, don't go on a show like true fiction and push your agenda. I'm not going to be on here and be like, all right, Patrick Norbert and West, you got to go get vaccinated by tomorrow. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. People like, to no, we're, we're, I, I, I sort of, this whole experience in true fiction has been for me a, um, uh-huh. it's been for a, an opportunity to talk to people in different creative fields and yeah. learn what makes, makes things work. What, what kind of things, and there's a surprisingly um, similar skills across all different creative fields that if you do these things, mm-hmm. you can be successful. And, and I find that interesting. I'm not interested in your politics or your agenda or I know, but people like to do that. And people sure. in the public eye, they, they like to jump on that. You know, I mean, the last few years of the, the previous president you saw that mess you know i mean with people saying this and people saying that do what you do but don't leave it to that i i i literally in the 60s and 70s musicians were very vocal about things you know vietnam especially sure unless that's your gig i don't know i said the, the committee they were cutting edge but i don't know i just think that if you use that to i mean it's okay to we're americans we're, we have freedom of speech we're allowed to express how we feel about things but but if you're on a show talking about your art don't go on there and pervert it into something else you know be be mindful of that yeah that's probably why we um we we do best with a recorded show (laughs) so we can do a little (laughs) bit of editing but you know i have to say that you know we we usually don't get that we usually get the people and from you thank you uh, we get the people that want to talk about their art, which is exactly what we want to talk about. So that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, some people they, they go out thrills. So let's go back to uh, my question, Stephen. You had some. Uh-huh. Uh, you had some. Uh, some want to pe- hear about bad dealings. Bad dealings. <laughs> bad dealings. <laughs> there you go. Bad things that happen. Bad Not that we're trying that to exploit anybody, but <laughs> we don't want names. We just want a story. So um, unless you can spare the names, and we'll take them. 
<laughs> there is a famous there's a famous story about me that that you didn't know apparently i thought you did i've said this I've, I've only for your audience i've only done a handful of interviews literally i i just don't do these that often for good reason because <laughs> i i don't think i'm i don't think i'm that exciting but um a few years ago i was with an, a comedian who's still alive and we were at a uh, a show in LA that was a autograph show, and I was sitting with this comedian, and there was a movie called 1941, a Spielberg movie that came out as a World War II comedy, and it was a panel for that movie. So I'm sitting with this guy who was in it, and Nancy Allen was right. And Nancy Allen's gorgeous, sweet woman inside oh, yeah. and out, beautiful. Tim Matheson, awesome guy, and Susan Baccalini. Susan was a swimmer in Jaws. And then she reprised her role in 41. She's swimming in the beginning. Spielberg parodied his own movie. Oh, yeah. I actually got to meet her not too long ago. So, yeah, she's sweet. Yeah. Sweetheart. Susan's awesome. So I'm trying to explain the layout of this convention center. So we're sitting at this this group of tables. Across from me is Mackenzie Phillips and Chuck Negron of Three Dog Night. Wow. And then there's a, 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 a row, if you will, where there's other tables. Well, there's Stephanie Powers, who's on Heart to Heart, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And she's sitting next to Wilford Brim. <laughs> the person I was with asked me in a very loud voice, and he wasn't really aware of how loud he was being. He's all, Stevie, he's all, is that the woman from The Man from Uncle? Is that, is that, I'm like, who? He's all heart to heart. Is that, I'm like, yeah, it's Stephanie Powers. He said, oh my God. He said, look at her. Time wasn't good on her. Basically calling her old, right? I said, dude, she heard that. She didn't look over. The chair was sitting, I know your audience can't see this, so the, the chair was like this. Next thing I know, someone leans back and gives us the the evil eye, the Malloy. Wilford Brimley looked at us and gave us the <laughs> eat shit and die look. <laughs> Ten minutes later, Brimley walks up and, and Wilford Brimley eh, he gotta rest his soul. He wasn't as old as people thought, by the way. People th- when he did cocoon, he was actually 49 years old. Trip, believe it or not, he they aged him and stuff. Brimley walks up, he's got the Panama hat on, he's wearing the, the Hawaiian the shirt, and he's got the, the it's him. He walks up, and the guy I was with reaches his hand. I was like, oh, hi, Mr. Brimley. And he, the guy didn't, Wilford wouldn't shake, or, shake his hand. And he folds his arms. So when you're going to talk to somebody and they fold their arms, you know you're in for an uncomfortable <laughs> conversation. He folds his arms. He's like, I couldn't help but overhear what you gentlemen said about the young lady. He says, you might want to rethink your position on things. I'm like, what is he talking about? And then it, what it is, is he, he's like, you know, uh, there, there's a, there's rudeness. I mean, he started lecturing us, Wilford Brimley did. And then he starts telling us about, like, he he did boxing and shit back in the day. And I'm thinking, wow. Brimley's getting gangster on us. <laughs> so, this, this kindly old man that talks about diabetes and, and, sh- and everybody's grandfather is kind of like punking us, if you will. And I'm like, what do we do here? No, I didn't know what to do. I'm thinking, okay, if he hits us, we can't hit him back. He's an antique, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> the most uncomfortable thing I ever went through in my life. Wilford Brimley, though. Um, yeah, we actually got punked out by Wilford Brimley. <laughs> I wow. teach you to talk about Stephanie Powers, by golly. I didn't say shit. It was the guy I was with who said something about it. I like Stephanie Powers, but it was the guy, it was the guy I was with who said it, and he wasn't really conscious of how loud he was or what he was saying. Sure. But old Wilford, Wilford was there to perfect, you know, defend her honor. And lo and behold, everybody's Mackenzie Phillips was dying laughing because this old man is gonna like <laughs> Wilford Brimley's, you know, he, he ain't playing. You know, so, but God rest Wilford. Knight in shiny Panama hat. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I tell you what, he was in Seinfeld. He played the, the postmaster. Post, yeah, the postmaster, yeah, the postmaster general, and he was scary. <laughs> I would have, I would have backed off. He was, an, he was an imposing figure. I mean, yes, the man was older, but it's like you're in a, you're in a catch. It's like fighting a girl. You can't really fight him because you're known as a guy that is a girl. But if he kicks, there's no ass, win in that situation. Yeah, but if he if, if he, he kicks your ass, then you're you're known as a guy that got his ass kicked by Wolf Brimley. So. Uh, one crazy thing I saw, I saw Gary Busey cuss out Jonathan Winters one time. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. Another autograph show. This is one of the reasons why I hate those things. Another autograph show. The late Jonathan Winters was there, and I, I didn't really talk to him. I mean, I saw him. He was in his 90s. He, he was old. And there was, when you came into the, uh, the, the, the convention area there, there's, I forgot who was there. There's Jonathan Winters, and then two, two tables down was Busey. Well, this is ego stupidity at its finest. Gary Busey thought that Jonathan Winters was stealing the steam out of the room, basically. <laughs> because when you walk, like if I have $40 and I walk in there, 
I'm going to get his autograph before I see Gary. So it's like ripping off this. It was the stupidest shit you ever saw. So Gary Busey gets up and is cussing out Jonathan Winters. It's the weirdest shit I ever saw. <laughs> one of them. Um, <laughs> I had an argument with David Soul one time. Remember him? Who sure. Match, the blonde guy. Yeah. yeah. Had an argument with him. Tell you my least favorite celebrity of all time. Tom Arnold. Didn't get along with him. Really? Wow. Yeah, did not that that man is lucky to have a job in showbiz. I did not like Tom Arnold. Sorry, I guess I'm very bad. Rub with him. not really surprised. He's pretty polarizing yeah. from what I've seen. You know, yeah. the, so you I know, could I, mean, I could see funny. that definitely. He, uh, my roommate was watching True Lies the other day. That the, the Schwarzenegger old short, and I forgot he was in that. Yeah, the guy just was a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was not, maybe he's gotten. I know he was going through some stuff, but I, it wasn't a good meeting. It can't all be uh, Larry Hankin, you know. It can't all be the best. Nah, nah. Larry's a dude you can hang out with all day and <laughs> never get bored. But I, yeah, David Soul and Tom Arnold, actually, the two people I never really enjoyed meeting. Hmm. And I, and you know what sucks is when you're a fan of these people. Like I didn't really Tom Arnold. I didn't really. I never purposely watched the movie for Tom Arnold. I loved Starsky and Hutch, guys. That was a great show. I saw them reruns, obviously, but man, the car, the everything and then to meet one of them and eh, it's just kind of bad you know when you're a fan of something and then you meet that's they say don't meet your heroes but sometimes it can go bad and sadly i, I won't get into what happened with david soul but david soul and i and then i got one more for you that nobody knows about i was um west this is before your time <laughs> but norbert no no it is it was 1981 i mean uh, what year were you born west 88 Okay, yeah, it's way before your time. Yep. <laughs> Pat and Pat Norbert, and do you remember a show called Greatest American Hero? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay, William Cat and Bob Robert Colt. Yep. I yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, uh, very catchy theme song. As a matter of fact, they use it in Seinfeld, oddly enough. I, um, George Cassandra had on his answer machine. <laughs> I was at the San Diego Zoo. In 1982 and 81, 82, it was around that time. And they were filming an episode of Greatest American Hero there. They were filming wow. a segment there. Robert Culp, Bob Culp, I had seen him. He was on a show called I Spy with Bill Cosby. Sure. And I was a Absolutely. really big fan of that show. And and I had seen Bob, Robert Culp in a movie called Bob Carroll Ted. Now I was like, ah, I like the dude. He was cool. I went up as an autograph hound. I walk, I'm a little kid. I walk right up to him. I'm like, no, Mr. Cole, can I get your autograph? Get the hell away from me, you damn kid. Just, oh, man. I, wow. Yeah, so he was a nasty little, he was, but that sucked because then, I don't know, there's been experiences like that. You know what I mean? I mean it, it happens every now and then, but you never know. But here's the thing. In their defense, Tom Arnold's defense and we, the, like, you know, the people's defense I just talked about, they could have been having a bad day. Sure. They could have been having a bad day, but, but if you work in retail or you have to deal with people you could be having a bad day but don't bring it with you to work that's my thing right yeah. and if yeah. i and if i go if i go to an autograph show to buy something from you because i watched uh star trek and you're a dick to me i'm the reason why you're rich okay? yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm it was me buying me and other people i'm just saying Bad day or not, you got to pull it together and be a professional. That's Absolutely. what I think. It reminds me of uh, that William Shatner SNL skit where he's doing the Star Trek convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he starts off, you know, and telling all these guys how they need to get a life. And then they, they, the convention yeah. organizer whispers yeah. in his ear and then he changes his tune right away. Yeah, if you've ever Norberg, he, he starts showing them like a paper of like he kind of like what he was making that weekend. He's like, "Oh, okay, kids, go buy it." I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. I, I, I never, I never did anything with him, and uh, I know there are stories, and there there are people that are notoriously. Honestly, I think there's people that live off of that sort of thing too. I've heard wow. that Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons is not the kindest guy. I've heard that. Um, I don't know. That's a question for Bruce Valanche. Because <laughs> oh, Bruce yeah. has met everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Bruce is, he was nicer than he ever needed to be with us or ever should have been. I mean, I just, yeah. I was so, I was kind of a bumbling fool with him because I just was a little starstruck with, with uh, somebody like him that's just has done everything. Bruce, Bruce is a, a sweet, kind, beautiful dude. Absolutely. And here's a guy, here's a guy that was openly gay in a time when it wasn't socially acceptable. You know that, and, and and he didn't care, and I, I and and I admire that because he wasn't going to back down to who he was. 
And more and, more than that, Stephen, he mm-hmm. never got a haircut. And I really respect him for that because that yeah, was an yeah. atrocious he's, haircut. He's had, he's had that hair. He's had that haircut. And never gave up the t-shirts either. No, I love <laughs> no, that. No, his t-shirt. The t-shirts I were guess, awesome. You should Facebook friend Bruce if you aren't already. Bruce is great. And he writes some witty school stuff. You know? Oh, he's just brilliant. Speaking of t-shirts, can you see the shirt I'm wearing? I love it. Obi-Wan, man. I, I, yeah, that's, do you know where this is from? Norbert? Is, you know? Well, he no, should. You know where it's from. Yeah, absolutely, Norbert. You don't know this? Oh my gosh, this is uh, Club, Club, Club Obi Wan Shanghai, nineteen thirty-five. Yeah, What's this from Norbert. I I don't know. Indiana I'm Jones. Uh, Indiana Temple Jones. Temple, Temple, Temple of Doom. Doom. Temple of Doom. I should know that. Oh, this is man. where Will. This is where Willie performed in the beginning of Temple of Doom. One of the greatest openings of an action movie, by the way, in my opinion. I think Big it would musical number. I think the biggest problem with that was the opening was better than most of the movie, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I, so. I, I, I concur completely. I think the Temple of Doom was, up until Crystal Skull, the worst installment of the movie. I would agree. Yeah. I know that they are making a new Indiana Jones movie, which I think is great. The last one was, I, I couldn't get through it. I literally didn't even see the end. I just couldn't get through it. But Temple of Doom was, here's why Temple of Doom didn't go over too, by the way. Temple Doom was very dark. Out of the out of the four, Temple's the most creepy. It's scary, actually. You know, yeah. when you look at it, it's kind of creepy. Raiders was phenomenal. Last Crusade was great. Oh, is it? Yeah, and, those are amazing. We watch them almost every Christmas. Yeah, those are great holiday movies. Absolutely. Another if, another holiday movie that I really love that that, that, well, that I watched during Christmas was. Do you remember the movie The In Laws? Yes, With I do. Alan yeah. Arkin and Peter Falk. Peter yeah, Falk. That was yeah. A, that was a good movie. Serpentine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, I met Ed Bigley Jr. He was in that movie, but that's oh, a wow. fun movie. That's a fun movie right there. Ed Ed Bigley Jr. was was an, an eco-activist before. He was driving electric cars in the 70s and shit. Like, he was doing it before it became popular. I remember he was uh, he was really about the green, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Well, Stephen, we've Absolutely. kept you quite a, quite a late, quite later than I thought we would. I really appreciate you coming on. This is this has been fun. Yeah, I mean, any any final questions? <laughs> Norbert's usually good with the finals. I gu- I guess my final question for you would be: obviously, we have. I mean, we talk to mainly creative people. Talk a little bit about how people would get a hold of you and what uh, what you can provide for them. Well, I'm I'm pretty reachable. I'm on Facebook and um, I'm not on Twitter or anything like that. Um, if you if you search for me, you can find me. Like Jesus, no, no, you, you, no, 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 no. I'm out there. It's Stephen Joiner. I have an SJ Network page, and and I'm I'm very reachable. It, I I try to be. I'm the silent PT Barnum, basically. You never really hear about me that much. What I will do for people, I will stand with you in success and failure, but I'm not gonna blow smoke and sell you a, a beach in Arizona. You know, I will. If you, I will put you on a million shows and you'll talk to great people like Norbert, Pat, and Wes. And with any luck, your life will change for the better. You may get cast in a film. You may get your book sold, whatever. But I will put you with good people and you make lifelong friends and you advance your career. But do I guarantee that your career will be amazing in three, day, in three months? No. So I'm not a fortune teller. Artie Hoppin, I leave that up to him. But I can't, I can't, no, no, but I can't, I, I, I do the best I can. I'm not an agent. I'm not a manager. I am a promoter. I'm a silent promoter, you know, and what I want to tell your audience is, is that whatever you do in life, and it doesn't have to be in the arts, doesn't have to be music, doesn't have to be art, doesn't have to be acting, whatever you do, even if, if you're a welder or you work at a golf testing or whatever, do it with pride, do the best thing you can. And most importantly, you know, my, my family's all dead. When my brother died, that was it, literally. My, my, my mom's gone. My, I'm, I'm, I'm an orphan. You know, I don't have any family left. If you're lucky enough to have your parents, cherish every moment you have with them. If you're, if, if you're, if you're in a good marriage, don't fuck it up. <laughs> women be good to your men. Men be good to your women. Realize the people who are with you right now and who care about you and who love you for you because they're the ones that matter the most. Because no matter how far you get in this world, how big or small you get, it's the people who are with you right now that matter the most. Absolutely. What I really love, 
what I really love is seeing the relationship with you and Wes. I didn't have that with my dad. That's really cool. And Wes, every time I talk to your father, like, hey, how's Wes doing? Oh, he's, uh, he's dating this girl, or he's doing this, he's doing that. We, t- we talk about you like you're 15. You know? Yeah. But, but, but no, really, just, you know, be good to your family. Treat your families good, damn it. You know, I mean, this is, this, we're, we're in a country, I'm not getting political, but we're in a country with a lot of broken homes right now. And nothing will ever be like it once was. With the virus and with the, with the way of the world, the new normal is the new normal. Nothing's ever going to be fully like it was, but I hope people will be kinder to each other, but it starts at home with your families. Sure. Absolutely. Cherish these people and don't lose sight of them. Steven. And and have, have someone real quick, have someone with you that can always bring you back down to earth. Yeah. You know, think, don't think you're, once you get, I've seen people who get a little advanced and they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm king shit. Now, you know? <laughs> have that, have that good friend. And it could be a, you know, family could be friends too. It doesn't have to be blood. You know, you can have a good support system of friends, but have that one person that will always remind you to come back to earth. When you start, as I sit in space, to come back to earth, you know, because right now I don't have an anchor in my life. I just have to anchor myself, which is tough, but I'm not out there like you guys are. I'm a behind the scenes guy. That's well, the difference. <laughs> Absolutely. And and I guess my last question is, um, what's the future for Stephen Joyner? I'm day by day. Day by day. Patrick, day by day. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think about the future. I don't have anything to promote. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like your other guests that are that have got a book or a what or a movie or this or that. I by the grace of God, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow morning. That's the future. And I'm gonna continue to work with you guys and other great people. And then hopefully, you know, it's put some good stuff out there and create more content. Well, we appreciate that. And, you know, I have to say, I think I probably speak for all of us is that um, we would have never done this without you. So I really appreciate you being in our lives. You don't know that. You don't know that. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I'm not, I'm no arty, but. (laughs) No, all, all I did was T. All I did was set the ball on the T. You guys are the ones that drove it, not me. I don't envy podcasters. I couldn't do what you guys do. Are you kidding me? I oh. wouldn't know how to. I tried to do a show for a month one time. It's called Curtain Call. I'm interviewing people. I already know their stories. So Stan Livingston, tell me how you got started. I know his story before it comes out. <laughs> so I'm not. I just. I just. I put the ball there. You guys are the ones that drive it. And so I, I should be thanking you guys. You're the ones that make this happen, not me. Well, I I'm, think. Uh, yeah, we really appreciate it, and uh, not that you need our reference in that at all, but I try to tell all the creatives I know that are interested in kind of stepping up to the next level to you know seek you out, and I'd recommend that to anybody who's a creative who you know is trying to get more promotion to get more exposure, and I you know just from me personally, thank you because uh, you've uh, set up some really awesome moments that you know, we've got to share as a group and experience, um, you know, talking to Larry Hankin, um, talking to Bruce Valanche, Bruce Valanche, Tom McLaughlin, you know, the list goes on and on and it's just been, and I know that, uh, you know, what, what you do to do it, you know, it was, uh, it was very surreal when I, when I reached out to you from the forum, because I was almost sure I was like, this has got to be a scam. (laughs) And then just, uh, a lot of people say it's real. It is. Yeah. And uh, just to be able to reach out to you and, and you were a guy who made things happen so flawlessly, you know, and, uh, you know, you make it look easy. Um, I know, and I know it's not because, you know, we've tried to do it on our own a couple times, you know, reaching out to people and we've had no shows, no calls. And, uh, and I think too, the, the level of people that you provide, you know, the, they've all been just genuine, nice people for the most yeah, part. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't we haven't really had any prima donnas that I remember anyway. And we've been pretty good. Well, Wes, thank you. But if you really want to thank me, Wes, you could do me a favor. Okay. What's that? Always treat your daddy good. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> and always treat my son good. <laughs> you're, you're, no, you're you're lucky. No, I can't stress that. My father and I were not close. So you're lucky to have a dad that loves you and vice versa. I'm not joking about this. This is serious. Which I understand. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys both treat Norberg good and support him. Absolutely. <laughs> it, 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 it takes a village I just, to raise. I, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very thankful that I, you know, without this situation, I wouldn't have got, uh, called cute by, uh, Susan Lambert. So, uh, that's, I mean, you can't beat that. So I'm, I'm, you know, I can live, I can die out out on that one for a long time. That's a little jealous there, but Hey, you know, so I still, I still have yet to send you Jill Whelan. You remember her? Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to talk to Jill. That'd be great. I'll send you Jill's info. She was the she was the uh, daughter on the love boat, and yeah. when and Gavin McLeod was really like her father, and she is now the head uh, cruise director of Carnival. No joke. She's her. Oh uh, my gosh! Wow, that, that is crazy. But yeah. everyone, listen to True Fiction, the podcast <laughs> podcast out of Indiana. And and if you need a publicist, you can't do any better than Steve Joyner. Well, you could, but I'm cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, it's been great tonight. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, thank you guys. Definitely, we'll talk again. All right, thank you all. Be well. Be safe. Talk to you soon. Have a good night. Thanks, Stephen. Later. Thanks for hanging out with us on the True Fiction podcast. If you like what you've heard, please visit us at Facebook. You can also leave us a review on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. Until next time, stay true and stay creative. You're too late. Catch a ride somewhere else. Catch a ride. Catch a ride somewhere else.